This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Our new favorite place, Uranus, Missouri. The top trenders of 2018. The German Chocolate Highway. My brush with monkey Davy Jones. And our interview with James Finn Garner, New York Times bestselling author. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey, hey. Oh, you were tight. We were tight there. Nice. <laughs> uh, welcome. To uh, episode, I'm going to say... 118? 118. 119? That's a lot of entertainment that we provided for you here for at Minutiaman. free. 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 Free entertainment. And we've got uh, a good 40 minutes or so for you today. I'm going to just no, predict. I say 16 will be good. Okay. Well, coming up uh, this Saturday, yeah. on the 15th, we're going to be on... Oh, the Tony Lozano show. show. Now I don't know when he's going to post it, but I'm guessing that uh, shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter. So uh, listen up for that. Looking forward to that. Um, and then our big event of the year for Eckhart's Press. We are a uh, publisher. Uh, the two of us own a publishing company, and and this year we're having like a uh, Christmas party, ah, holiday, holiday party slash Jews welcome Muslims welcome <laughs> why do you hate Christmas why do you hate Christians um, we're gonna do it uh, with all our authors From we have last year we all, have all 10 the- 11 authors coming okay uh, we have the the Cub Sessions authors Becky and Randy. Becky and Randy. Now, they're all going to be bringing their book. They're all going to be signing their book and selling their book. And all of these are great last-second... Stocking stuffers. They really are. They're we perfect. Pr- Rick reproduced the books to fit in a stocking. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And and if it doesn't fit into your stocking, Dave will give you your money back. I'll just give you a bigger stocking. Yeah, okay. Better. That's that's good. Uh, Chet Kopic will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, legendary uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster. Uh, we just found out yesterday Rich King... Another legendary broadcaster is going to be there. Uh, uh, Channel 2, or Channel 9, rather, uh, for many years. Uh, He was also a Channel 2 and and, uh, and WBBM News Radio, Mm -hmm. uh, legendary broadcaster. We've got uh, novelists there. We've got uh, William Mansfield from the Scar Dance. We've got Beth Jacobellis from from Cameo. And Beth is going to read tarot cards. I think I think if you buy a book, she'll give you a reading. And that's true, yeah, right? right? That's true. So. Bruce yeah. Borer is going to be there. He's the Wrigley Field Usher, uh, Diary of a Wrigley Usher. He also, uh, along with Russ uh, uh, Farner, wrote Embrace Retirement. Uh, so they're going to have their books there. Uh, Dave and I will be there, although we don't have any copies of our books, do we? Uh, I think I have like four or five of the greatest book ever written, The Balding Habit. Oh, I thought you were going to say reading. Father Knows Nothing. I've got yeah. one of the Father Knows Nothing. Okay. You've got some, I think. I think I got like you three. You know what? It's not about us, Rick. It's not about it's us. It's not about us. It's not about us. So about come by. Answers. It's going to be at the Pitchfork on Earth. Well, for people in Chicago, um, for people that are listening like in England, I don't suspect you'll be coming in for it. But in Chicagoland area, it's uh, the Pitchfork. It's on Irving and just west of California, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, look it up. Yeah, look it up. Three to five o'clock. Yeah, coming on December twenty second. So it's a week from this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eleven Eckhart's Press authors. Uh, there's booze there. That you there's, paid for. There's barbecue there. 
that you pay for. Yeah. Um, and there's us. Yeah. And we're free. Free. Just free. like this podcast. <laughs> All right. I think we have to uh, provide, we are contractually obligated to provide Minutia. This week's Minutia with Rick and Dave. Rick, what is your favorite planet? Uranus. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and, and let me ask you, is it because the average temperature is minus 224 <laughs> Celsius or that it takes 84 Earth years to travel around the sun? I think it's uh, because it sounds like it's uh, the coolest name butt. ever. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure I even have a second favorite planet. Earth can suck it as far as I'm concerned. I'm team yeah. Uranus. All, all right. the way. If I see Uranus in a headline, I'm reading that story. And that's how I came across this one. One of our uh, authors, Adobe Maxwell, is the king of is Uranus. The king of Uranus. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so here's the headline. Uranus examiner ends publication blaming judgmental people. <laughs> Uranus examiner? <laughs> Uranus, Missouri. It's a small town wreck off of Route 66. Is this for real? Oh, yeah. Um Uranus, Missouri. Don't don't when when, okay. when I'm weaving a Uranus tale, don't I'm sorry. stop me. I'm sorry. That's Uranus interruptus. There's a small town, Uranus, Missouri, and it's in between Springfield and St. Louis on Route 66. That okay. famous route, yeah. right? Well, they have a newspaper. And guess what the name of the newspaper is? Uh, I believe it's the Uranus Examiner. Uh, there's no the. It's just Uranus, Uranus Examiner. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah. They could have called it the Uranus Gazette or the Uranus Tribune. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uranus Examiner. So kudos to them right yeah you gotta give them credit for that well sadly uranus examiner has fallen on some shitty times (laughs) the paper's editors announced the end of the publication friday after publishing just five editions since september in states in statements posted uh, on facebook by the publisher and the owner seymour butts that's not a come on. I didn't even get a giggle from Seymour Butts. I'm sorry. I was I was bracing for the for the other uh, eventual punchline that you're coming <laughs> well, to. Well, it was right there. And you should. Uh, now the the real publisher, Natalie Sanders, and by and quite frankly, I don't know if Sandy or if uh, Natalie Sanders is married, but she's a catch. She is. Oh my god, a, a woman publisher. Absolutely. Uh, I, th- I thought Uranus was strictly a guy thing. Uh, she blamed judgmental fuddy duddies. For the examiner's demise. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sanders said that many people supported the paper, but banks declined to loan it money and many businesses wouldn't advertise it. I guess they were sick of being the butt of jokes. Well, what I'm wondering, there are oh, no. I just walked past yeah, that, that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, what, what I, there's no wacky Jewish proctologists <laughs> in Uranus, Missouri. That's uh, apparently run. no newspaper can penetrate Uranus. So, oh, nice. <laughs> hey, did you see the Uranus probe on that hard-hitting? Uh, no one wants to explore Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went to the website, okay, the town's website, yeah. not the newspaper's website. I have found the place where we are going to retire and do... Morning Drive. Uranus? Uh, yeah, yeah. And on the big 92.3, the big KY. <laughs> the big KY. <laughs> and, I also, <laughs> and I also looked for what attractions were in Uranus, Missouri. Yeah. I am not making these up. Okay. The Seymour Butts, that was made up, okay? <laughs> the big KY, that is that's made up, there. yeah. Uh, but here they go. They have two yeah. main attractions in Uranus, Missouri. This is for real. This huh? is, you yeah. can go on UranusMissouri.com and verify. Okay. They have a uh, bar called the Axe Hole. Okay, that's pretty good. And that's one good. of those bars where you 
throw the axes. Yeah. Okay. And they have a candy company called Fudge Factory. <laughs> they do Uranus Missouri. Uranus Fudge. So uh, there you go. All right. So you, I, if you live in Uranus, Missouri, we would love for you to pick up that final copy and send it to us. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Just sad. It's sad that Uranus has taken another pounding. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So. I can't wait for my 12-year-old kids to listen to this episode. We have finally found our audience. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I remember when we started this podcast, Yeah, we had this discussion, you know, the pre-show meeting. Let's not have this devolve into any. Like, yeah. yeah that's, uh, intellectual humor. <laughs> we want to be smart. It's want to be a smart show. Uh, Screw that. We're not smart. Uh, you know, I have a, a minutia quiz for you, Dave. Uh, we haven't had one for a while. Nope. Cue the audio. Time now for a Minutia Man. Minutia Man. Minutia Quiz. So this is the time of the year where this, the top, uh, so the stories of the top things of the year. Come the year in review. Out. The year in review. The most important stories and that sort of thing. Well, one of the things that just came out is the top trending stories on Google this year for 2018. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do this as a quiz form for you. Okay. All right. I have the top five in several different categories. One of the five that I'm going to list for you did not actually make the top trending. Okay. okay? All right. All right. This is uh, the top five Googled actors in the entire world. All right. And this is just 2018. And this is just for 2018. Okay. All right. One of these is not one of the top five. Okay. Sylvester Stallone, Logan Paul, Pete Davidson, Tom Hanks, or Noah Centineo. All right, well, that Logan Paul, wasn't he the YouTuber guy who yeah. like did the suicide video or whatever? Yeah. Yep. So I think he's in. Tom Hanks, did he do anything? Who's the other ones? Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Pete Davidson. And Noah Centineo. Well, I don't know who Noah Centineo is, so obviously they're popular. He's a Tiger know. Beat guy. He's a, like, a, you know, he was, he's a 22-year-old, and he is hot. <laughs> is he? Oh, uh, yeah. He uh, is just, del- he's uh, just delicious. Um, So I think he's probably on it. You know what? I think I think Tom Hanks is yesterday's news. You're right. Yeah, Tom Hanks Tom is Hanks. not on there. Now, th- for me, the weird thing was that uh, Sylvester Stallone is on the list. Yeah, well, I, uh, he was And, be and on the you list. want to know why? Did he get into some drunk? Well, something? first of all, in America, he uh, he was one of those sexual harassment guys. Oh, okay, all right. But the reason he's... And he's number one, by the way. Really? In the whole world. Yeah. And mainly it's because he did a movie in Brazil, and he ripped... The people of Brazil, and Brazil is a gigantic country oh, yeah, and has a million, you know, billions of people. Um, and here's what he said: he he filmed the Expendables in Brazil because you can kill people and blow the whole country up, and they'll say thank you and give you a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's not well. That's not offensive at all. It's not very nice. All right. So, which of the following searches was not in the top five in 2008? Now, these are stories. Okay. The news stories. Okay. All right. The World Cup. Hurricane Florence. Donald Trump. <laughs> Kate Spade. She died. And Anthony Bourdain. Well, two. two well, did they both suicide? Weren't they? Or did? Ah, uh, yeah, they were. Um, 
Well, I think Bourdain definitely. Kate Spade, she's. And this is just in America, not the whole world. Well, Donald Trump, I think definitely. What are they? What were the first two? World Cup and Hurricane Florence. Was the World Cup this year? Yes, uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I say Hurricane Florence. Uh, no, that's number two. World Cup? World Cup is number one. Believe it or not, in America. All right. Kate Spade? Nope. She was number four. Okay. Anthony Bourdain? Number five. <laughs> All right. Well. Donald Trump. Are you serious? Yes. Not in the top five. Oh, make sure he knows that. I, I, I found that to be... I don't know, comforting in a certain way. Uh, well, if that's how you're yeah. going to get some comfort. Yeah, I, I get comfort out of that. All right, now these are the top five how-to. Uh, you know, everyone uses Google that mm -hmm. way. How do you do blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I had to show my son this the other day, my my middle son, Johnny. He's like He, he ran into one of those paper walls that you can just mm -hmm. punch right through. Right. And he goes, well, I don't know how to do that. I said, well, why don't you Google it? Oh, <laughs> I mean, there's literally nothing you can't Google. Well, you know, there's a guy, uh, there's a doctor that's about to do a colonoscopy right now in like maybe your yeah. Venus, Missouri. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got the YouTube video <laughs> up right how to now. Do the colonoscopy. Like, wait, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah. Where do I put this? <laughs> All right. So here are the five. All right. One of these five is not real. All right. Okay. One, how to vote. Two, how to change your oil. Three, how to play Mega Millions. Four, how to buy Ripple. Five, <laughs> how to turn off automatic updates. One of those is not real. I would have to say how to buy Ripple. No, that's real. <laughs> that's number four. That's wine? Is, is, yes. Is, uh, it's like cheap wine. It's like crap go, wine. Okay, you go to a liquor store and you <laughs> buy the cheap wine. How many idiots do we have in this country? Uh, how to vote? Nope, that's number one. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, on the on the well, on the, the bright side of it, people were voting. Right, exactly. This year. Uh, no, people were watching the video. Go four minutes. Screw that. <laughs> right. I'm not going to do What do you got to register first? <laughs> um, how to change oil? That's the correct answer. Right. Yeah, that's fake. But how to play Mega Millions? Real? How to turn off automatic updates? Absolutely, well, I can see that. I, yeah, that one I would do that. All, All right. right. Well, how do I do? Oh, do I, we have another one? One last one. Right. Okay, this this is this is a quick one. Which of the following sports teams is not in the top five? Searches? White Sox. That's correct. All right. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> yeah, you just took my punchline. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Let's just say you're not an onion. There's not a lot of layers to you. Um, hey, we got a winner. Oh, fantastic. Simply me. That's the Twitter handle. Okay. Handers. Simply meal. Simply meal. Simply me. And what simply me did was simply retweeted us and followed us. And simply me is going to get, and this one's actually a really nice prize. What is it? I mean, the other ones are kind of crap. No, I'm not. Another ones aren't crap. But this, it's the collector's edition of Don Evans and Off-White Christmas. That is a very that, nice... I mean, it's retail for 50, 55 bucks. Yeah, and we only promise you a, a prize of 25 Exactly, so, so you're, you're we're more than doubling it. Um, so what's going to... What, so Simply Me, again, what they did is they just simply retweeted us and followed us. And if you want to subscribe to us, which would really make... A Rick, and a, Rick, a Rick and a Dave happy. It would. Um, you can go on Stitcher. You can go on Google Play. You can go on iTunes. 
You can go on uh, Spotify. Yeah. You can go on. Basically, anywhere podcasts can be found, we're there. So please do. And um, again, congratulations goes out to Simply Me. Okay. Uh, We uh, have, oh, you know what? How about about one more? We have time for one more. Uh, One more story from you. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, we've got James Finn Garner coming up in a few minutes. Yep. I was just looking at the Um, clock. He'll be calling any moment. Here's something that I found a story, and again, it's a German story that doesn't have any Nazi implications, which <laughs> not really my cup of tea, but I'm yeah. going to go this way anyways. Yeah. If this story proves that nothing will make Germans happy, it's this one right here. <laughs> okay. All right. Factory mishap paves street with chocolate in Germany, and residents are furious. Oh, boy. Right. A street in Western German in a Western German town got a repaving worthy of fictional candy maker Willy Wonka. When 2,000 pounds of chocolate flowed out of a factory and solidified on the street in front of the factory. Wow. Okay. Uh, the German newspaper, oh my God, Uranus Examiner, uh, <laughs> Suster Enzigar, I don't know, reported, to, uh, reported Tuesday that a small, techni- well, a small technical defect oh, yeah. involving a storage tank. They were not efficient? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would imagine, um, well, the, yeah, the storage tank caused the sweet and sticky. Uh, chocolate spill from the Drymeister chocolate factory in Westonen. Yeah. Westonen. Yeah. Vest, Vestonen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after hitting the chilly pavement, it hardened and there was like a big brick, like a. Fantastic. Exactly. Right. Yeah. About 25 firefighters got the job of prying it up and, ha- you know. What was it like a cobblestone street or something? Uh, you or? know, I, they, yeah. they don't say, but, you know, the, the firefighters are, you know, literally chipping chocolate, right? That's, you know, that's a good day. That's uh, a g- Here are a couple of reactions from a couple of the residents. Okay, okay. this should be good. Uh, this, is Hel- uh, this is from Helmut Weidenmeister. Okay. This is a disaster. This is a disaster. The road was closed for six hours and I had to take a detour to work, <laughs> taking me 13 minutes late. Yeah, no, no good. Yeah. Uh, and Helga von Riesen said, is the chocolate plant going to pay for my sticky tires? Wow. Helga wow. has a point, right? Yeah. So the Germans, once what you're uh, saying is they're hard to police. Once, yeah, it's the chocolate. I don't know. Um, and you know what the Uranus Examiner headline was? <laughs> Take a ride down the Hershey Highway. <laughs> exactly. All right. Sorry. Go. Good job. Sorry. I Another butt joke. I really, I got to stop it. I got to stop it. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay. It's the time of the show where Dave has to reach his hand into the Costco jar, pull out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity and, and, and if I can, recount... Some uh, of the moments. 60s teen heartthrob, Davy Jones. Davy Jones, one of the monkeys. Late Davy Jones. Yeah, he has passed away. Uh, met him uh, probably a half dozen times mm-hmm. over my career. And the first time uh, was with Stephen Gary uh, when I was their producer. He wa- I think Steve, at, at some point Steve started up a movie company, like a movie production company. And he had a movie made about the Beach Boys. And it was made by ABC mm-hmm. Television. It was a miniseries. It was a success. Then his next project that he wanted to work on was about the, the monkeys. monkeys. Uh, and so he signed Davy Jones, uh, bought his book, bought the rights to his book, if I'm com- remembering correctly. I think I am. And then Davy came on the show to talk about it. 
Now, Davey, um, he can fit in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. He's a cute, cute little guy. Yeah. He's still, he was still <laughs> adorable at that point. And I remember uh, booking him. There, he always, when he came to Chicago, stayed with a woman. There was like a, uh, a, a, uh, there's a, a friend, yeah. a friend a that he stayed with. Arrows, yeah. Uh, a house in every port or whatever. Yeah, port in every yeah, store. yeah. So I got to to know that wow. lady because uh, I would always call there when I wanted to get him on. But anyway, he came in the show, and he was supposed to be on for about a half hour, 45 minutes. And in the course of that interview, Davey, who had a little bit of alcohol in his breath, <laughs> um, wouldn't shut up. Okay. And just and he started talking about you know and Steve's like all right here's what I want to do the you know I've got this vision of how I want to do this movie and Davey's like when I was three I was a jockey <laughs> and uh, you know jockeys uh, 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 let me tell you about the horses and you know and like and it, like stuff that nobody gave yeah. a crap about and he kept talking and talking and Steve's like all right we're gonna have to go to a break here we'll be right back right. and then you know <laughs> when I was a tell you how I was the awful Dodger on Broadway. <laughs> and, you know, it was just, you know, really boring. Uh, and it was so boring that if I'm not mistaken, Steve never made the movie <laughs> and never dealt with Davy Jones again. <laughs> he was that bad. Really? Now, I met him a couple times, you know, in... Pre in well, you guys opened for him once, didn't you? We did. Yeah. So we, uh, Landark and the Legends opened for the monkeys. And the three monkeys that were there, there was, Mike Nesmith wasn't there. Davy Jones, Mickey Dolans, and uh, Peter Tork. Yeah. Each of them had their own dressing room. None of them spoke to each other. Yeah. They came out on stage, and then they left, <laughs> and they went to their own dress. They never spoke yeah. at all. That's a healthy relationship, isn't and, it? And I will tell you, having uh, spoken with Davy Jones many times, I was happy <laughs> that I didn't have to speak to him again. <laughs> Uh, you know, so. I, I, I was kind of a Davy Jones fan. I was a monkeys guy. Yeah, well, that's my Davy Jones. I was not. All right, so we have a best-selling author on the phone. Millions go. of books. Millions yes. of books. Yes. All right, let's get him on. And let's play our audio and bring him on. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay, this is an exciting moment for the Minutia Men uh, show. We have um, a uh, world-famous author. He wrote uh, Politically Correct Bedtime Stories. That was his first book, which, Dave, do you know that it sold more than 2.5 million copies in the United States? I think that's about 2.5 million more copies than the Balding Handbook, The Five Stages of Grieving for Your Hair. It also has been translated into 20 languages. 20 more languages than the Balding Handbook. I think 19 more. <laughs> okay, I'm true. pretty sure you got English. Good boy. Uh, 65 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. He's written uh, you know, other ones uh, once... Once Upon a More Enlightened Time, Politically Correct Holiday Stories. <laughs> Those were on the New York Times list. Uh, this man is a... Uh He's a gazillionaire. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah he, well, he's charging us sixteen hundred bucks to do this. Did <laughs> well, you know I'm, I'm just excited to have him on, uh, uh, like an, an actual legitimate author on our show. Welcome to James Finn Garner. How are you, Jim? Good morning. I'm still waiting for the check from you guys, by the way. <laughs> it's in the mail. Yeah. You can wait oh, all yeah. you want, buddy. Uh, <laughs> hey, the real tapes. Your name. James Finn Garner, okay? Mm -hmm. You got the middle name in there. Did you put the middle name in there so people wouldn't confuse you with the Rockford Files guy, or are you just a pretentious author <laughs> that needs a middle name? What What is the story well, with the fan? Uh, both are probably true. <laughs> the um, 
the I, I was a member of uh, SAG after for a little while in the 90s, and yes, there was a fellow named James Garner uh, who was using my name out ah, there yes. in the in the TV and film world. So I uh, decided to you know figure out a different middle name, and then when I uh, sold a book and I decided to go take my pretentious actor name and make it my pretentious author name. Oh, okay. So what was your favorite uh, James Garner uh, role? Uh, the uh... Oh, back back in the day, I liked uh, Support Your Local Sheriff. Oh, that's a good one. When I was a child. Yeah, you know, yeah. for me, it was Great Escape. You ever see that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. great movie. All right, anyway. I do like it. And it's better than being called, like, like your birth name is Ishka Bibble or... Uh, right, exactly. You know, like Charles Did, Nelson yeah. Riley or... John Wayne Bobbitt. Is Finn really your middle? Is Finn really your middle name, or did you just make up a cool-sounding middle name? I, I found a different name in the family, yeah, and stuck it in there. Oh, so that's uh, not your real name? No, it's huh. a stage name. Oh. Dave. It's a stage name. I went. To, I went to high school though with a guy named Lauren Green. Did you really? It was just a, yeah, it was an awful thing to do to somebody. I thought. Now that's funny because Lauren Green is a. Uh, is featured in my novel, The Living Wills. There's a whole section about Lauren Green, which what? is actually not about your high school buddy. It's about the uh, mm-hmm. former Canadian actor. And The Living yeah. Wills sold less than 2.5 um, million Yes, yeah. it's in, in 19 fewer languages <laughs> than uh, politically yeah. correct bedtime stories. Now, I'm obsessed with numbers, guys. It's uh, all about the creative process. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I knew that, you're, that this book was huge? When I bought it, I bought it at Walgreens. You know what I mean? That's Walgreens. When a book gets into Walgreens, that's like you know you've got your John Grisham, you've got uh, you know Daniel Steele, the Bible, God, <laughs> God's an author, and you know. and James Van Garner. Uh, but anyway, and go my ahead. bodice rippers. You know, I, I did yes. pose in a in a tight fitting corset for my cover, but they didn't use it. Oh boy, I'd like to get a copy of that picture. So anyway, your book is a New York Times bestseller. I think we've already established that. I I think it's brilliant. I. I laughed out loud as I read it, and I remember thinking, because this was kind of my shtick for years, the whole, uh, how ridiculous the the fairy tale stories that we were told as kids were, and how mean they were, and how, how, how uh, politically incorrect they were. Right, but, exactly. I mean, I used stories that were <clears throat> sort of sanitized. I used versions that were sort of sanitized, but when you go back to... Uh, actual Brothers Grimm stuff. It's really grim. It is well-named. Yeah. No, it's cannibalization. It's well, Yeah, I grew up uh, with German parents, yeah. so, I mean, they, they would tell me these stories, you know, in the original form, and I would go to bed like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my, my, my father, his favorite story was that Hansel and Gretel story where they leave the children in the woods to die. Mm-hmm. Did he ever tell you that story, like when he's driving out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, uh, he actually one time gave my, my sister and I each a piece of rye bread and said he was taking us out to the woods to leave us there if we didn't stop fighting. Most pediatricians are not saying that's a particularly good <laughs> form of parenting. But but anyway, the reason I bring it up is because uh, the ironic thing is that it's the political correctness that that started from your book that has vaulted a certain a political figure yeah. to the very top of uh, our uh, pyramid here in in America and i'm going to call this your the, fault the james finn garner yeah. presidency your fault. 
because Love it's you too, guys. This is great. Bye. Because <laughs> I know you're a huge fan. But, um. Yeah. I'm. I. Yeah. I've got the tattoos and everything. The deal is when back when the books came out and I was doing more readings with the public and stuff, people would come up and come up uh, come up and say, you know, this isn't politically correct to say, but. And they would go off on the most racist, sexy yeah. things yeah. to me as if like, well, this is true, right? This is this is real reality because you and I see eye to eye. So I'm always sort of walking this tightrope between I can't alienate a cash carrying fan. Sure. But, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say, you know, you're a troglodyte. You're you're what's wrong with this country, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm a satirist. Right. I can't be honest about these things. You've got to sort of do it in the uh uh Indirect way, you got to do the backflip on them. So but every time somebody come up to me, and you've you've probably had it yeah. socially too. You go, on, you know, this isn't politically correct to say, but right. and you just like brace yourself for what's going to come. Yeah. Right, it, nothing ever good comes after the word but or uh, you know, right. I shouldn't say this. But, but you know, right, I'm right. not racist. Right. But right. right, that's true. But you know, I here, I just threw a but in there. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, the the thing that that uh, you must realize is that you, as a Twitter uh, person, you kind of put out there your actual beliefs. So are, have you just decided that you don't care about those fans anymore or what's your plan? I just, I, I'm not, I'm not going to educate them. Yeah. You know, I think, I do think part of them, a good part of them is beyond redemption. So I don't, I'm not their mom. I'm not their, their uh, spouse. And, you know, if they're, if there are awful people like that, we just have to vote them out of office and <clears throat> and, it's deny a, and stop sending any kind of federal money to their states and just let them rot on the vine. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and the good part of it is, is a lot of them may have already bought your book already and the cash and the checks have yeah. been cashed. Right. So screw them now at this yeah. point, right? Give them a piece I'll of say, rye bread say, and leave them this, in the forest. This might sound cruel, but you know, <laughs> uh, have you ever thought of going now in the opposite direction during the Trump Trump era and you know fairy tales for real men or something like that? Uh, years about six years ago, I wrote uh, Tea Party Fairy Tales when uh -huh. um, our when all the you know tax protesters uh, showed up in powdered wigs and guns and stuff at uh, at different <laughs> rallies in about uh, 2010, and I found it was really an awful experience to write it. Uh, it was. Um, the stories were short, mean, angry, and and uh, they were just really unpleasant. I did, however, get to do a lot of uh, Aesop fables in that book. Oh, fun. Because that's like Aesop all the way through. It's like, hey, life's like that, and you're screwed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you die. You're, you're dumb. You're dumb, and dumb people die early. And that's, you know, that's about it. So uh, we, we did, I did a... Uh, explore that i found it i found it to be impossible to do anything about trump because there's there's nothing there in the core of him except himself right and that's kind of like a disgusting thing to think about well he's yeah. really unsatirizable i i believe yeah. i mean because it is the reality is so ridiculous well I, he's a parody of himself to begin with yeah. i think exactly know? and he doesn't know it yeah. right and the target keeps moving you think oh this is the bottom yeah. he, he can't go any lower than that he just like wait an hour and he has so he just kind of <laughs> there's nothing there there you know he's just he's just appetite and hairspray well, and he's definitely committed to his shtick you know yeah. uh my uh I'll do one more fairy tale story for you. When I was a kid, my parents told me the story of Max and Moritz. Have you ever heard this one? 
No. I've been to that deli, so, though. It's really... Yeah, it's kind of like that. So Mox and Moritz were two little boys, uh, Jim, who, uh, who were told not to play in the mill uh, by their parents. And they didn't listen. And they went in and they played in the mill. And they were crushed in tiny pieces and spread out over the land to fertilize the crops. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's the story. That's the it's a that's, circle of life thing. And we'll be back right after these. Uh, so anyway, let's let's get off this. Let's get off the fairy tales. As oh, much I as we love those. One more German. I have one more story about oh, German good. fairy tales for you. I'd love um, to hear it. I met. Uh, the book was published in Germany uh, soon after it came out in America, and I finally got to see the cover when I was at some like book convention or something, and I met the German publisher, and the cover has those little elves with the red hats and they're in the garden and they're, they're, they're raking and they're carrying wheelbarrows and they're having a great old time. And right up in front, there's one elf with a knife in his back lying <laughs> face down in the grass. Oh my God, that's brilliant. I, actually, that's awesome. And I meet, I meet the German publisher and I say, why did you do that? I don't think I killed any, any, there was no street fighting in my stories. I didn't kill any elves. And he just said, oh, that's just something about German sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the oxymoron, the German sense of humor. <laughs> uh, so anyway, as much as we love the bedtime stories, your Rex Coco series of novels combines two genres that have never been combined before in modern times, and that's that film noir sort of uh, dialogue with, of course... I'm expecting you to fill yeah, in hello. The, uh, the other half of that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was asleep there. Uh, <laughs> film noir dialogue with people with narcolepsy. Yeah. No, uh, it's film noir with um, circus and carnival uh, subculture. A marriage made so in heaven. It, it's, basically, um, t- it's basically taking Chinatown and shoving it full of people from Gibson, Florida, you know, <laughs> who are washed up former performers <laughs> Um, bitter about being left behind. They were never nice people anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm playing off the, um, in history, circus people, except for Ringling Brothers, they were um, a little on the uh, fringy side of life. Yes. They were, you know, con artists and grifters, and, you know, uh, they got run out of their own hometowns and, and hitched up with the circus. So I kind of played with that um, kind of world apart feeling that you have at the circus and i shoved it full of uh uh gats and dames and uh mm. and uh, roscoe's and stuff like that and it really w- resonated with me i really thought it was a really wonderful slice of americana to um to exploit for this so. yeah well, well i i personally love it my wife is a big fan we've read all of them um and uh well and- so it's like so they take place in a in a, a little part of town that you go for a cheap good time. You know, you go there for cotton candy, and you go there for an animal act or a trapeze act, and a whorehouse, and a blind pig. <laughs> and, and everybody talks yeah. like they're in double indemnity. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and what's, um, you know what what's great is at your book debut or launch. I don't know what was it. Where was the one at the bookseller in Lincoln Square? You know, we always say you commit to the shtick, and you were just so brilliant at committing to the shtick. Tell the well, listeners. I do, um, excuse me. I do tend to, when I sell books at conventions and in public, I dress like Rex Coco, yeah, right. Private Clown. So I've got a long overcoat with big red uh, circles on it. 
And for my third book, I went to a bookstore in my neighborhood and I said, um, may I bring in some fire eaters into the bookstore for a for the book signing? And she thought and thought and she thought and she said, well, I would do it, except uh, people do live above our store. So you, if you catch the place on fire, they'd be out. They'd be out on the street. So I took that as a maybe. Yeah, right, of course. <laughs> but then I uh, and I was worried. Like I called the alderman to say to the office to see if this was possible. But um, for the signing, I hired two musicians to do uh, gypsy uh, gypsy circus music, and uh, the Pepper Cash Brothers, and they did uh, squeeze box and violin. And then I hired two uh, lovely ladies who ate fire and played with uh, flaming hula hoops and stuff. And if I could could have gotten a small baby elephant to ride across the street to the bookstore, I would have done that. But there's always book four. Yeah, I've spoken to somebody who's actually looked into uh, how much it costs to get a baby elephant. Am I right? Uh, well, well, I, it's we all have our secrets, you know. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, and it's uh, so it's the and the, the girls were uh, the fire eaters were just hilarious because they were. I talked to a neighbor, and she says, "Oh yeah, they used to uh, they used to practice in my alley. They used to drop their stuff in my car all the time." But, <laughs> so how? So they're just neighborhood fire eaters. Pardon me. They're just the neighborhood fire eaters. Yeah, we do yeah. that. You know, it's what we. It's a city thing. How many gigs could they possibly get? I mean, how many Rex, Rex Coco openings are there per year? People do all sorts of events. You know, it's really. Uh, um, you know, corporate events, and they there there was a whole website for these kind of acts that were a little bit more fringy, and uh, they stay busy. Oh, I'm not sure awesome. you can make a uh, career out of it, but they stay busy. So, um, if people want to get the uh, Rex Coco books, where's the best place to get them? Uh, they can order them from the website, which is rexcoco.com. That's K-O-K-O. Um, there are three books Oops, now. Just, There's a podcast this. of book number one, which I narrated and did all the um, uh, all the characters, including the midget policeman and it's uh, brilliant. Mud flaps, Dave, uh, Dave's the, looking at me. He's who runs the burlesque house. Yeah, it's and um, that, or you can get them from Amazon. And right now, there is uh, you can find it online. My Christmas story uh, with Rex Coco and the Top Town people, which is called "Have Yourself a Monkey Little Christmas," and uh, it has lots of monkeys and 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 some poop jokes. I'll, I'll warn you now, some poop jokes. But um, other than that, it's a heartwarming tale of of washed out kinkers uh, cheating each other at, at cards. Have you ever thought of writing like porn screenplays? Because I think your characters would be wonderful in a porn, don't you think? For porn? Yeah. Well, you know the internet. <laughs> you find out certain things, and there is a subgenre of porn called clown porn. <laughs> oh, is oh, there really? Oh, yes. On, <laughs> and that's why and, uh, you got to go in no, 15 minutes, right? That's something I seek out, but it just, uh, you know, pops up. Um, but, no, I have not thought of it, Rick. I, I, I'll, I'll save the porn scripts for, you know, politics and stuff. I, I think that's a good idea. <clears throat> now, you and I have gotten into uh, two musical fights on Twitter and Facebook. Um, <laughs> at, at one point, um, I made the case that if the Beatles had stayed together, that their 1970s albums, the early mm -hmm. 70s albums, would have been better than the Rolling Stones. This mm -hmm. apparently was a bridge too far for you, and you were outraged. Please make, <laughs> I would please make out, the case. You, 
Well, for one thing, it's a huge leap to say if the Beatles had stayed together since they were basically kind of creating a part after 1968. Uh, and they, they, so their creative time as a band, as a foursome, I would say was about five years long, right? Because then it became yeah. a McCartney thing and a Lennon thing and George couldn't get a song in and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So you have to get over that hurdle that they would stay together. But their their actual creative time as a songwriting group was like five or six years, right? Well, yeah, so, so fairly good years. Yeah. Well, they were good years. Yeah. yeah. They were okay. Yeah. And um, I would point out that the Rolling Stones had those strong songwriting years from about 66 until about uh, 76, with a couple of things popping up and, you know, Keith's blood, whatever. I just think the Beatles, marvelous as they are, um, come from a tradition that that is not at the bedrock of rock and roll. They they pursued Buddy Holly stuff, and the Rolling Stones pursued Muddy Waters kind of stuff, and that is the that is the core bedrock foundation of rock and roll is the blues. Okay, well, I so guess this, you can't yeah. go back to the. Uh, I've got you guys dumbfounded now. Well, you're no, no, uh, considerably smarter than Rick. So no, I'm, no, I'm I, I've already got my right coat on. I'm walking out the door right now, and, uh, we're, in, and we're in Rick's yeah. mom's basement too, which is off. <laughs> I, 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 I won't be home when you come here. I won't be home when you get here, Rick. <laughs> okay, I, you know, I'm not going to debate it with you anymore. We did on Facebook, but I just wanted to let you get your uh, incorrect opinion out there. Um, That's fine. Then the other uh, the debate that we had on Twitter in which I also outraged you uh, inadvertently. You two need jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no was uh, You were uh, on a Roxy Music uh, rant, and I pointed out that I kind of like the song Love is the Drug. Mm. And wow, uh, please uh, let our listeners know what, uh, what offense that was. Well, I mean, you could like songs. That's fine. I would not say that that's a good rock, Roxy music song. I would say that's a terrible Roxy music song. But you can like it. That's fine. There are terrible songs we all like. But the crummy, cute lyrics, the uh, lack of good guitar work, uh, since Manzanera was no longer with the band, um, the lack of experimentation, the uh, the lack of Andy McKay on saxophone, just makes that a throwaway party song you know instead of like remake remodel or uh, or even thrill of it all like a booming wall of sound song like thrill of it all um just knocks that song out knocks love is a drug out of the water okay it's yes. just, you can't sing along with some songs but it's like you know it's just not it's not in the same league it's just not yeah take that rick okay well i, I did i took it i took it i took i took not only uh take it again yeah <laughs> and enjoy it <laughs> good for you you know i've been trying to take him down for 30 years thank you uh hey so how long have you been in chicago you're from michigan originally you've been in yeah. chicago forever right how long how long have you been in there Pushing, uh more than 35 years i got a, i came in straight after college so um you know, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to buy a car. I did, I couldn't afford a car, so I had to move to a city with uh, with a train line. And you know, you're from Michigan. How is Chicago? Well, you've been here for 35 years, and you're only what 38. So yeah. basically, the vast majority of your life, actually, it is more than. Uh, how is Michigan? You know, how has how has Chicago changed you? And what part of your Michigan soul is never going to leave you? You know, uh, you can't take the Michigan out of the boy. Type. Right. 
probably with the Michigan Soul, I would say, even though my family was not in the union, is union work. Hmm. Yeah, my dad was management, but I, if he were alive today, I think it would be he'd be. He knows management does a lot of stupid things, and I think unions fight for the rights of people to not be exploited. And I think in general, um, that's something that has stuck with me. Also, you know, it, it uh, animates debates between myself and my wife, who is in the teachers union here in Chicago. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't have to deal with the nonsense that she deals with, but it's kind of like, hey, honey, union, and she shuts up. Um, <laughs> but in Chicago, I think Chicago gave me a healthy taste for uh, try anything, you know, do something bigger than yourself because you're surrounded by uh, in, in Detroit. It was kind of like get a job, settle down, hunker down and just work and, you know, you'll be rewarded. But in Chicago, it's kind of like dream bigger, uh, screw more things up. Uh, aim higher, and it, and it's it's more inspiring that way. You know, it's a city that that invented social work. It's a city invented the Tootsie Roll. Uh, it's a city that reversed its river, and it's kind of like yeah, do something stupid like reverse the whole flow of the river, so all the sewage goes downriver to St. Louis instead of staying in the lake. That's brilliant. Yeah, that That's is brilliant. brilliant. And then break the law to open the locks to make the river go. That's great. You know, <laughs> it's inspiring. Well. You're inspiring too, yes. and and uh, we we are big fans of your writing, uh, and we are proud to be able to call you uh, Jim instead of uh, no, Jim Finn. You got to use the Finn. He gets really <laughs> pissed when you. I'm James let's Finn. Get, let's all get all handsy, guys. Come on. You know. We do this to everybody. You should have yeah. seen what we did with the San Diego chicken. When he oh was on. yeah, that was speaking of breaking laws. Uh, but thanks very much for being on the show and uh, continued success. And we'll be seeing you around. Thank you very much, guys. It was great to talk to you. All right, buddy. All thanks, right, take man. it easy. Okay, we covered the whole spectrum there. That's a funny guy. You know, whenever literature, uh, rock and yeah. roll. When, you know, and, you know, James lives in town, so yeah. we get to see him at book events. So I've gotten yeah, to know him pretty well. Yeah. Um, every time I get, you know, every time I'm like driving home after something, like, all right, that guy, much smarter than me. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, you worry when you bring an author on that he's going to be a literary snob. Yeah. He's not a literary snob. He's a music snob. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> so. a middle name snob. <laughs> I, I love the guy. I love him. Uh, so anyway, if you want to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can by checking out our uh, website, EckhartsPress.com. We're also at ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Um, for your grandpas out there, if you want to email us, we're at MinutiaManPodcast at gmail.com. Um, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be uh, on with Tony Lasano on Lasano and Friends this week. Next week, we've got a great guest coming up next week. Next week, we have a member of The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, that's all we're going to tease. Yeah, that's, uh, a, a, one of the uh, actors in The Sopranos will be on the show next Who week. Who died in The Sopranos. Okay. That's going that's gonna to limit, limit your uh, pool right there. Uh, so, this show has been produced by Tony Lasano. Of Opie Productions, we've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and I'm very certain that we're going to be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Man. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed the Los Angeles, Los Ano, or La.
Los, Los Anno and Friends. Here's what you missed. Happy to be here today, Cheryl Scott, meteorologist. Hi, Fred Winston, Chicago radio guy. I'm Rob Hart in Chicago. How about that weather? This is a good show to do that. Yeah, what the hell, man? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't th- blame the messenger. I'm not blaming the messenger. That's got to be the worst part about being a meteorologist. They blame you for the for, for the sun or the snow or whatever. Right. I'm so. like everyone's best friend when it's sunny and 70. <laughs> and like yesterday was everyone's worst friend. Yeah. But I know that weather changes so dramatically. We do seven-day forecasts. And right. I go, well, seven days, it sometimes changes seven times in those seven days. <laughs> <laughs> but science is getting more and more accurate. Oh, it does. So, has the Earth been knocked off its axis? I, I, I keep hearing stuff uh, about that uh, from the conspiracy idiots at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and that's exactly what we'll go with. <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever the... Buckets called.